Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Matthew 4, and while you're going there, you know, I just want to just start off with, you don't have to turn to Romans, but in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We're going to talk tonight about how important it is to hear. And uh, go in Mark chapter 4, I mean Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew, I typed this out, I didn't hand write it, so I should be able to read that, right? Matthew chapter 4. Hallelujah. Maybe it was Mark 4. Hang on. Maybe my writing wasn't as good as I thought it was when I started. Yeah, it's Mark. Mark chapter 4. Yeah, I was right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am so happy that you're happy over there. Amen. Just just shout it out with me here, Bella. It's okay. Oh, is that Keegan? It's Keegan. All right. Well, Keegan and Bella, they can they can do the hallelujah corner over there. It's okay. Not a problem. This is chapter four, verse twenty-four. Because we know it's important to what you hear, here in Mark 4 it says, Take heed what you hear. It is important what you hear. You know, faith will come by hearing, but what you hear affects every single part of your life. You know, we are educated from the very time that we're born, you know, that we learn by hearing. Somebody's always constantly instructing us. You know, and the, and the more we hear of a particular thing, the more ingrained it becomes in us. How many of you remember that your, your, your multiplication tables, you said it over and over and over and over again because your teacher told it to you over and over and over and over again. And then you recite it over and over and over again. And today, hopefully, you haven't gotten so used to a calculator that it's not second nature to you, that you know what four times four is or what nine times nine is or what 12 times 12 is. You just, bingo, you know it because it came as a result of constant hearing, you know, and we, we learn everything, everything that we have knowledge of in our lives, we have heard in one form or another. If you go back up to, let's see, I believe it's, um, Verse 9 here in Mark chapter 4, it says, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you willing to hear? That's one of the biggest things. Are you willing to hear? You know, you can sit in any kind of a classroom anywhere, not just in church. But if you're not willing to hear what's being said, you won't learn. You, it, won't, it won't profit you anything. Just because you sat where it was being said, if you're not willing to listen, then it's not going to profit you anything. In um, verse 15, and it, see, it says, These are they, that song, this is the parable of the sower. These are they that by the wayside where the word is, is sown, but when they have heard. See, people hear the word, but with different mindsets. You know, so we're not going to spend a lot of time here in this, in this particular parable. But if you go down here, and it's um, in verse 16, 
These are they who likewise that are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word. Verse 17. Um, and I'm sorry, verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. You know, it, it makes such a difference. Verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as receive, as hear the word and receive it. There's so much to be said about hearing, taking thought about what you're hearing, being careful of what you hear. And so what got me started on this, you know, it's, there's so much that, gets, that is put out today. You know, we see on so much social media, good, bad, and indifferent. And I think we need to be careful of how, how much of that we take in. We need to be very careful about what we hear. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we just find ourselves in a place where something is just, is just going. It's just going. And you haven't a clue that what you've been hearing that you haven't been paying attention to, that it really has taken root in you, that you really do know what was said. We just think we're always absent-mindedly, you know. Then there are times when you specifically talk to somebody and they absent-mindedly don't hear you, you know. But, but we, you know, if going down the road and, and some song on the radio comes on and you start singing and you went, well, I didn't realize I knew that song. It's because you've heard it and you've heard it. Even though you weren't thinking about it, you heard it. And you heard it and you heard it. And now you actually know it. Well, that could be a good thing. That could be a not-so-good thing. And, you know, there's so much out there right now that we need to be conscious of. Pastor did a series what, um, almost uh, about a year and a half ago about discerning right and wrong doctrine. It matters who you listen to. It matters. You know, for, for somebody to sit down with Christian TV and listen to everybody who comes on any particular station is a dangerous thing. One person on one program will be saying something, and the guy who comes on the next program says something totally different. There are people on, on the air, whether it's on TV, whether it's on radio, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's... There's so much out there that's just bombarding us constantly that you have to be extremely cautious of what you here. That's why Pastor is, has gotten here lately to the point he wants you to get these books from Dad Hagen. It's safe. It's safe. You can listen to his CDs. You can listen to his old... He's gone, but what he preached is still here. You can listen to those things and know you're safe. I can't say that about everybody. I can't. You know, there are times when, when I, you know, I kind of troll through Facebook seeing what's And it's amazing when I see what somebody likes or shares, you know, about what another minister has said. And I look at that and go, there's something wrong with this. Do you not understand there's something wrong with this? Why are you sharing something like this? This has got, no, this has got, this has got some good in it, but it's got a lot of stuff in it that's, that's not right. You know, and it's not that it's somebody's telling you to do anything wrong necessarily. It's just it's not according to the word. It's not word-based. You know, there are people who are calling themselves things today that there's no such thing in the Bible. You know, there is no such thing as the ministry of intercession. There's, it's not in the Bible. So why should I listen to somebody who calls themselves an intercessor? 
right there, they're starting off on the wrong foot. I'm not going to give my ears to that. I'm not going to give heed to that. There's many people who out there call themselves apostles. I don't see in the, in the Bible where there's that many apostles running around. Because a lot of the people who call themselves apostles do not operate in what, a, what a true apostle is supposed to be. They're just wanting to set themselves up as head over a whole bunch of people. That's what they think an apostle is. I know a few apostles, real apostles. Somebody like Christopher Allen, he's a true apostle. He's a sent one. And everywhere he goes, the word of God is preached and ministered. Everywhere he goes, churches then begin to spring up. He is sent to Africa. He is sent to these other countries that he goes into. That's the work of a true apostle. The guy down the street who's over there, you know, over in, in, say, Pensacola, who says he's an apostle, what's he an apostle to? It would help for you to be able to take heed what you hear if you know that person, now wouldn't it? Or you know somebody that you have a lot of confidence in, a lot of trust in, who recommends that person. You're living in a dangerous world spiritually right now. There's a lot of people out there saying a lot of things. Some of it's absolute nonsense. And so we need to be careful what we hear. Hebrews 4.2 says, The word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Listen, the word is supposed to profit us. Anything we hear in the word is supposed to profit us. What does that mean? It's supposed to help us change. It's supposed to enhance our lives. It's supposed to build us up. It's supposed to cause us to see God more clearly. It's supposed to help us glorify Jesus. Amen. We're we're supposed to profit from anything that we hear. And what we hear should build in us not just faith... But character, it should build character in us. I mean, Doug was talking about getting delivered from from, uh, a quick temper. Listen, that's building character. The word will help you do those things. You know, if, if anything in, in our nature personally that, you know, there's a part of us, you know, like a temper, somebody say, well, you know, that's just, you know, I'm just, I'm just Irish, you know, and that's just me. No, 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 that's your flesh. And see, the word wants to help you take control of your flesh. But you have to take heed to what you hear and let what you hear profit you and bring you to a place where there is, there is good change in you. Not bad change, good change in you. You know, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter what company we're in, what situation we're in. Our character should shine through. As God's word builds character in us, we should see that character coming through at all times. Coral was just talking a few minutes ago about, you know, God delivered her from drinking. And yet there is in the church world today many people who say it's okay to drink. I was I was listening to somebody uh, today, and and they were they were talking about this same kind of thing, and they said they they knew a, a nationally known minister 
And I know this person, so I trust that what, what they said is accurate, that they heard this accurately. And they, they said that they heard a nationally known minister say that, that it was okay to drink beer and wine you know, because he was spiritually mature enough to handle it. You know what? There's a deception in there somewhere. There's a deception in there. Now, if I, if I knew a person thought that way, felt that way, lived that way, I would not take heed to what they had to say. And unfortunately, there's a lot of these people today that, that I know of that are wonderful Bible scholars who can teach some wonderful things. But if they're that prone to go that direction in that part of their lives, can I really trust what they're saying? Can I really, really take the chance of giving heed to what they're preaching? It's, it's a sad thing. There was somebody years ago who put out an excellent, excellent series, you know, on, on uh, the uh, pioneers of the faith message. Wonderful series. And, and I, at the time, you know, I thought this would be so great, you know, to have in our bookstore. We could, we could put some of these books out. But I knew something about their lifestyle. Could not afford to put that book. Well, it was just a history book. It was just a book, you know, about, about the, the pioneers of, of the faith. You know, we, it was not like it was doctrine. Yeah, but I can't afford to promote somebody with the lifestyle that that person was engaging in. Can't afford to. It matters what you hear and who you hear it from. Years ago, Pastor had some. We had somebody in the church who's um, lovely lady, and and her sister was in a in a church up north somewhere, and and uh, she kept sending down tapes, you know, to to the lady that was in our church, and and she handed them to Pastor. She said, "Oh, Pastor, this guy is just so good. I want you to, you know, just just listen to him." And every time he'd listen to it, he thought. Eh, there's something wrong here, you know, something wrong. And, and over the course of months, he just said, I, I, can't, I can't listen to these. And, and uh, it came out sometime later about some, some things that were going on in this person's life. And he goes, yeah. To see, the Spirit of God, if, you, if you're listening with your ears, listening with your heart, he will tell you, don't listen to this person. Don't listen to this person. Well, what they're saying is good. Yeah, but... There's other things you don't know. If the Spirit of God is telling you don't listen to this person, then don't listen to this person. Don't argue with it. Just don't listen. Dad Hagen used to say, eat the hay and spit out the sticks. You know, and you're in a situation, you know, maybe you're off visiting somewhere or somebody else has got a CD on or a tape on, you know, and, you know, you, you know that some of this is not right. Just eat the hay, spit out the sticks. You know, that's what you need to do. But there's never been an onslaught like we currently see today against the Word of God. There really hasn't ever been anything as devastating. Because there's access to people that there's never been before. Everywhere. And the devil is using it. I mean, there's so many flaky people out there. There's so much there's so much error that's going on, and there are things that people are trying to bring into the into the body of Christ that has no business here. You know, we're getting to a place where we're hearing and seeing things and, and trying to be convinced that it's normal, where the, the, the church of God would never have accepted it years ago. You know, and the thing about it is, more and more people say, Well, that we're just walking in love. We're just walking up. Listen, you love people, but sin is sin. 
Sin didn't change just because we're in the 21st century. Sin is still sin. And you can't afford to he- listen to people who want to take the, the approach that, well, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, it, it's, it's all right. We can do this. We can go this far with it. We can do this. No, you can't. Anything you're like, you're going to start playing with, you're going to get burned by eventually. You can't play with fire. The guy who plays with fire didn't intend to start that fire that burned down a house. See, pastor, when he was young, how old were you? Five years old. He got a hold of a book of matches. And so he went out into a field, and he was playing with the matches. And the matches caught the field on fire. I don't think you ever owned up to it, did you? Nobody ever really knew what you know that he was the, he was the person that did. He ran away, and of course, the fire department. Everybody is there, but listen, the same thing is true spiritually. You can't play with fire because you will get burned. Sometimes you're playing with fire is going to cause devastation to somebody else. You know this issue of, of drinking. Well. I'm so spiritually mature that I can handle a little wine here and there. I can handle a little beer here and there. It's not hard liquor. Oh, I can handle a little mixed drink every so. It's just, you know, it's mostly fruit. Just, it's mostly fruit juice. How about the person who sees you doing that who can't handle alcohol? How about that? You, you played with matches, and they're the one who got destroyed. How about somebody who comes in and says, well, it's okay to buy lottery tickets, and somebody sees you who has a problem gambling, playing with fire. Somebody else got the consequences of it. See, it matters. If we're going to take heed to what the Word says, we have to let the Word help us build our character to the point that we are on solid ground 100% of the time. And that we stand our ground 100% of the time. I know there are people who get into business situations, you know, and, and maybe there's a, you know, you, you're having a meet with a client and the client wants to drink. doesn't mean you have to partake in it. It doesn't mean you have to put them down about it. Just say, no, I, I, I don't drink, you know. Well, why not? Well, you know. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves is what the word said and how to answer those questions. You want to walk in love toward people as best you can. You don't want to take it to a place where they feel like, you know, you're, well, you're a little Miss Goody Two-Shoes, huh? Who made you so holy? That's not the attitude we want to project. What we want to do is we want to stand our ground in a place of righteousness. As an example to the world of this, this is what God has put in me, and this is where I stand. You know, people like to think of sometimes as being a Christianism as having some gray areas. I don't see gray areas. I see totally black and white. Either it's wrong or it's right. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't see where God ever said, well, you know, for you it's this way and for you it's this way. No, right's right, wrong's wrong. Now, there are certain things, you know, that that you do, that you do out of respect for somebody else. Um, I personally, you'll never see me in church in a pair of pants. Why? Not because I don't like pants. I love wearing pants. 
pants. I, I wear them all the time. But in church, you'll never see me doing that because I don't know who might walk in that door. I don't know if somebody from a background that uh, doesn't believe in, in ladies wearing pants to church uh, might come in. And, and though they understand that most t- days, you know, around here, most churches, people wear pants. But as one of the pastors, I'm not going to ever let myself become a stumbling block or an issue to somebody else. And so you'll never see me in a pair of pants in a church service. You know, but that's just something that I've chosen to do to accommodate anybody who might walk in my door, you know, back there, who would, who would, who would take offense at something and then miss out on what God had for him in a service. You see those kind of things? Those, those are the kind of things, you know, that you can, you know, work through. But you know what? When it's sin, it's just sin. When it's wrong, it's just wrong. You know, this, this body is the temple of the God. I, I wanna, don't want to be guilty of putting stuff in it like, you know, that's toxic to me, you know, and, and the rest of the world say, well, it's, it's okay. Well, no, it's, it's not okay. Well, I better get off that subject. Hallelujah. Um, we have to be careful that we don't get conditioned by the world, but that we're conditioned strictly by the word. That we take, we take as very important the things we hear. And it's our choice to decide what we hear. You know, I know there are people who, who would say, well, you know, you're just very narrow-minded in some areas. Well, you know, as far as I know, in Matthew it says that narrow is the way. You know, there are times, you know, where, you know, this is it. I don't care what the world is doing. I don't care what the world is saying. This is, this is the way. You know, pastor's been talking about, is Jesus the only way to heaven? You know, he, I think he preached that sermon on, on Easter Sunday. And there are a lot of people who say no. You see the bumper stickers all the time, you know, you know, with the, all the different symbols, you know, for, you know, Judaism and Christianity and, and, and Hinduism and, and Muslim and all that kind of stuff. You know, what it says is that we're all one big happy family. No, we're not. My family is one big happy family, but the family of men is not because they're not serving the only God that there is, the one true God. Amen. And so you're going to call me narrow-minded in that area? Absolutely, I'm narrow-minded in that area. There's only one way. And I just am always thankful to know that there's just one way. So when I know there's just one way, I know which is the way to go. I don't have to wonder, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? No. And when I'm sure that there's only one way, then that one way is my, is my beacon. It points me to true north all the time in my walk with God. Hallelujah. You know, temptations around us all the time. You know, I appreciate Brother Christopher. He, he, he tells us, you know, in a lot of his messages, he says when he goes into a hotel room, you know, the first thing he does when he's at the, at the desk is he asks the people at the desk to make sure certain channels are not on in his hotel room. And, he's, and he goes, and that, that way he says, he says, well, you, you, don't trust, you don't trust yourself. And he goes, no, I don't trust my flesh. You know, sometimes you can accidentally happen upon something. I've had that happen in a hotel room before. Oh, my word. You know, accidentally happen upon something on a, on a channel. You're just kind of flipping through stations and stuff and going, oh, my. No. 
you know what? I appreciate somebody like him who will decide up front to make sure that doesn't even have an opportunity to happen. He's already decided what he wants to look at and what he doesn't want to look at. But unfortunately, right now, what we can honestly say is that even regular TV is getting worse and worse. What was not acceptable on the major stations just a few short years ago is now becoming commonplace. It's amazing to me. You know, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I laughed to myself when, when Miss Iris said that about getting delivered from soap operas. You know, and, and I, you know, used to, when I was a stay-at-home mom years ago, I got hooked on those crazy things. I haven't watched soap operas that I can't tell you how many years and haven't missed anything. You know, but it was amazing. When I look back, you know, we, we belong to a, a Pentecostal church, a holiness church, but it was amazing how many of the ladies in that church watched soap operas all the time. And talking about this character and that character. I haven't heard the story one time of somebody who requested prayer for, some, for somebody. It turned out it was a character on a soap opera. <laughs> He's about to die. Pray for him. You know, and it was just a soap opera. <laughs> and as soap operas got, got a little more flagrant in some things, you know, these same church of God, holiness. Oh, sorry. We'll edit that. Holiness ladies were pulling for somebody who was about to have an affair with somebody they weren't married to. Do you see how subtly the world pulls you in? Somebody that in real life goes, oh my Lord, no, oh no, 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 no. And yet they're watching these soap operas, addicted to a soap opera that is nothing but immorality and garbage. Thank you. You know, those are the kind of things, you know, we have to be careful about. It matters the kind of movies we see because we are hearing all kinds of things, bombarding your senses, bombarding your mind. Your flesh is enjoying these kind of things. It matters what we pay attention to. Mm. People who go to bars, well, I'm just going for the music. Really? 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 Okay. Seems to me that in Acts, I think it's uh, 20, 28, says, take heed to yourselves. You know, it says take heed your, to yourselves in several different places. You know, and, and honestly, we have to take heed. Somebody else can't take heed for me. I have to make those kind of decisions for myself. It matters what I let come into my thinking. You know, there are times, I mean, I, I, I happened to cross something on Facebook the other day and just kind of something just kind of popped up and I went, oh my goodness. And I'm going, how in the world did that pop up? You know, and it was, and, it, and I was just, I had to go back and say, now Lord, I, I, need you, I need you to help me erase that from my mind. Because when you see certain images, they don't want to leave very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it matters what you hear. It matters what you see. Spiritual things can override carnal things, but given just a little bit of room, carnal things will override spiritual things. Suddenly you have a desire for something that's not spiritual. 
But you know what? You're going to have to make yourself, force feed yourself the things of the Spirit to weed out those carnal things, to get rid of those kind of things. You know, it's, and the, the world thinks that, that the church is just a bunch of foolishness. And that people who are born-again Christians, believers who just love the Word and who follow the Word and who stay in line, their character is in line with the Word, you know, they look at us sometimes as just fools. Well, you know, I thank God that he chose the foolish things to confound the wise. You know, I'll be a fool for Christ any day. You know, if that's, if that's, that's what they think, let them think it. But in the end, who's going to profit more? It's always amazed me that no matter how, you know, you work with people and, and I, you know, I worked in a couple of different doctor's offices over the years and things and, you know, went to x-ray school in a large hospital with all kinds of people. It's amazing that they might think that you're just, you know, so much nonsense what you believe. And yet when they have a need, who do they come to? Who do they seek out? You know, they, they, they need somebody to pray for them. They need somebody to listen to them. They need somebody to encourage them. Guess who they go to? The person that they think is so foolish, so straight-laced, so uptight. And that was my old, you know, back in the 70s days, you're just uptight. You know, no, I'm not uptight. I'm up, I'm up with God. That's what I am. You know, there was, we, we need to be, be careful about how we hear you know, we, ha- we can go into anything with an attitude. <clears throat> Do you have an attitude when you're hearing from the Word? <clears throat> hearing it in a, in a service? Are you, Do you have an attitude to be able to receive? Or do you come in with some kind of ad- other attitude? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to me, you know, if you give ear to somebody that has an axe to grind, pretty soon you've got the same axe. How do we hear? How do we give ear to? How? You know, sometimes people right now are, are trying to take the Bible and trying to use some other translations or something. Well, it doesn't really mean this. Listen, you need to also be careful about what translations or what Bibles that you refer to a lot of times because not all of them are good. Some of them are just paraphrases. They're not actual translations. And sometimes in some of the more modern ones, you know, they even want to take out he and put she in or it or whatever. You know, there's a lot of junk going on out there. You need to just be careful of what you read. Make sure it, it lines up with what God is saying. Because, see, God hasn't changed his mind about things. What he said, what he had the writers of the, of the word of the Bible to, to write down is what he meant. Now, I realize there are some things that can change over time. Brother Steve was telling me a couple of weeks ago in the office that he used a word next door in the youth group that one of the kids went, oh, no, you don't, want to, you don't want to say that. He's going, what? You know, I mean, you know, it took me a long time to realize that when somebody said, oh, really, that's really bad, that they meant it was good. I was like, okay, all right, I don't get it. Why are you, if it's good, why are you calling it bad? Well, that's just what it is. I mean, you know, when something's really good, you call it bad. I'm going, but why? It doesn't make much sense to me. I heard this story recently that in 1675, an architect by the name of Christopher Wren started on St. Paul's Cathedral in London. And uh, it took him 35 years to finish it. I mean, can you imagine getting to be able to the code enforcement people to go along with that today? I don't know. So he gets through with it. 
<clears throat> and the Queen of England, who was named Queen Anne at the time, she came and, and he gave her a tour. And at the end of the tour, he asked her her opinion. Now, this is what she said. She said it was awful, it was amusing, and it was artificial. Now, in Elizabethan language, he just took a deep breath and just went, ah, oh, big sigh of relief. But what did she really mean by that? The word awful, the way she meant it, today we would call it awe-inspiring. When she said amusing, it really today, we would call that amazing. And when she said artificial, what, she, what today we would call, categorize that as is the word artistic. And so I do know that there are, there are certain words that, that change with the meaning with the times, change meanings with the culture. But you know what? God hasn't changed. When he said certain things don't do, we don't do. He didn't say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's this. No, don't let anybody ever tell. When God said it, he meant it. I haven't seen a book anywhere like the Word of God, that is as unchanging as the Word of God is. Throughout all these, this time, throughout centuries, the Word of God hasn't changed, and it's still relevant for today. It's not, you know, they say the church isn't relevant anymore unless you do this, 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 and this. Well, I think when you make it relevant and do this, this, and this, you have watered down the gospel. And people, you know, they'll come in and they'll, hear certain things, but what is it they're really hearing? Are they hearing the word in its unadulterated form? Are they hearing the word the way God intends for them to hear the word? Are they just hearing something that just kind of is like a lollipop? Makes you feel good, you enjoyed it, you leave. It didn't make any difference. That's not what it's supposed to be about. We can't reason away things of the spirit with the thinking of this world. Amen. God is, is ready to do so much in our midst. And he has to have a people who hear the word and hear it the way it's supposed to be heard. Not trying to change it and make, make it say something. Because you know what? There are times, you know, and there have been, and, and I've seen it over the years, where people take the word and try to change it to fit what they want it to say. A situation a number of years ago, a gentleman who was who was a wonderful man. I don't we don't to this day know understand what happened, but suddenly we get a letter from him saying he's not coming back to church, and don't try to talk to me. You know I don't want to talk about it. And so pastor and and our associate at the time went to his home, tried to talk to him, and he goes, and he goes nope nope I'm 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 not talking to you about it. I'm not talking. Well, obviously he was offended about something. And they said, but brother, you know, just, just tell us at least what it is. I mean, you don't have to come back, but just tell us what it is. No, the Lord told me not to. Well, that absolutely defies what the word of God talks about. If you have something against somebody, you go to them, you tell them. You know, and when the Bible says you have to walk in love toward people, he didn't give you exceptions to it. And sometimes we, you know, we want to twist things to, to make it sound like, okay, it's okay for me to do and to act this way. You know, you have, to, you have to make up your mind. You're going to hear it just the way 
God said it. That's how I'm going to hear it. That's how I'm going to apply it in my life. I, I, it was, it's amazing. Uh, a, a man that we greatly respected that was, that was instrumental in our lives getting started in the ministry years ago, after, after Dad Hagen was doing Holy Ghost meetings, had been doing them for a while, he talked to us and he was very upset because he thought Dad had gotten into error. You know, all this laughing and stuff and these services and people getting drunk, you know, that's just not God. You know, he wasn't open to what the Spirit of God was doing at the time. His mind was already made up that that was foolishness and there was no amount of talking to him. See, he wouldn't go to a service and sit in that service with an open mind. He cut it off, period. That was it. No, no, this is all wrong. There's, there's no, nothing valid in it, nothing good about it. And yet there was a great deal of good in it, a great deal that was valid about it. And yet but his mind was made up. I heard somebody recently teaching about being filled with the Spirit, living the Spirit-filled life. <clears throat> and the way they were talking about being baptized with the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit, I'm thinking, you have totally missed it. I mean, I don't know what you do with passages like out of Acts 2. I don't know what you do with some of these other passages. You know, tongues was nowhere to be seen. A spirit-filled life was just, was just you know, letting the Spirit guide you, letting the Spirit lead you, you know, being, being joyous. And I'm going... What? He was saying that being baptized with the, with the Spirit was what happens when you get born again. And I'm going, okay. Now, I haven't heard your entire message, but just what I'm hearing, uh, no. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you're, you're getting this out of that. And yet, I could tell, for he was coming from a tradition that said speaking, is not, speaking in tongues is not for today. You could, you, you could just see that. In what he was saying, he was giving no credence at all to being baptized with the Spirit and filled with the Spirit and speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. But you know what? If you're not open to it, you'll never understand it. You'll never, you'll never be able to receive it because you're hearing, you're, you're actually listening to and hearing something based on what you are, your mind's already made up. And yet, how many are spirit-filled in here tonight? Well, it must be for today. Must be. And see, there's no way. There's no way he could convince me that that's not for today. Because I have an experience with the Holy Spirit. I have, I have an ongoing experience with him. But see, if you listen to that, then the person who's sitting under that, under that teaching, they're not going to be open to anybody ever trying to share with them that there is a wonderful experience that will enhance your life and help you in so many ways called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, it matters how we listen. We can't just interpret things, you know, just to fit what we already think unless what we think is already based in the Word. Amen. Um, hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to quit. I just, I just want you just to be cautious. There's just so many things out there. You know, when it comes to other ministries and things, there are some wonderful things out there. But you know what? It, it would behoove you to make sure that who you listen to, you get a witness 
from the inside that this is good fruit in this person's life. You may not know or may not understand if the Spirit says, "Uh uh-uh, just pass it on by. He doesn't owe you an explanation. You just need to just listen to him and obey. You know, you may not need, you don't need to know everything. But stay where it's safe. Take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear. It's important for us in the days we're living in to stay as true and as close to the Word of God as we possibly can. It will make a difference in our lives. It will make a difference in the lives of someone else. I don't want to be found playing with matches and it burn me and somebody else too. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.